the YouthCast. I'm very excited to be joining you today in audio slash podcast format. I've never done this before, but the people who make podcasts look like they're having so much fun. And I figured, why the heck not? Today on BeastCast, we're going to be talking about the bee subspecies, but specifically the Africanized bee or the killer bee. Uh, I'm going to start off with what I knew before about the subspecies of bees, or just what I knew about bees in general. Right? So goats from different regions around the world, and I'm sure other animals do, too, <laughs> have different accents to their bleat or their forms of communication. Since bee subspecies can be found all around the world, does that mean that bees in different regions have accented communication? Or is all bee communication the same because their communication is based off of movement and odor? I found a study that was performed by the University of Cambridge back in 2016, I believe, that was interested in this theory, but I, didn't, I wasn't able to find any follow-up articles with data or conclusions. Um, I did find the website that they used to track that data, but it seems like it's now being used to create a map of plants in suburban and urban locations around the world where bees are found pollinating. Um, second thing I knew, was that certain types of produce in the world are not regarded as vegan to super strict vegans because the practice of transferring bees on the back of semis for long distances is considered unethical. I think that some examples of this are like different avocado brands or some items that are found year round in grocery stores but are not actually able to be eaten or like produced year round. And then the third thing I knew was that in the Netflix series, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, Samin Nosrat visits a section of the Yucatan Peninsula where beekeepers keep bees the same way that their mine ancestors did. The honey produced from these stingless Hunan cob or Melipona bees is transparent and colorless, floral, and incredibly expensive. The bees don't actually produce all that much honey and the honey is extracted from the hives using tiny, tiny, tiny syringes. Um, I don't know, it seems <laughs> incredibly cool and fascinating to like learn about, but I don't think that there's actually that much information on those people specifically. Um, the guy, actually, the guy who did a lot of research on these, this specific, I don't know if this is a subspecies because it's um, a subset of the subset, whatever. Um, of bees is the same person who created these uh, killer bees. So yeah, I think that's a good branch. <laughs> um, I began to look at different bee subspecies and found an interest with the killer bees because these bees have been synonymous with the name killer bee. I was first introduced to them in around 2010 because of my older brother's great big book of insects and a clip from National Geographic along with a show that we used to watch called like 101 Ways to Die, which was like a little bit morbid, I think, for me to be watching as an eight-year-old. But it was fine, I don't know. <laughs> I knew that killer bees were incredibly aggressive subspecies because of this, and that they were able to track predators or threats for a great distance, but I didn't know that they weren't originally as aggressive. Dr. Warwick Kerr, a Brazilian scientist, brought African bees to South America in 1956, but 
people didn't actually learn about killer bees until 1970s when they were released. So since all honeybees in the Americas are a product of importing and trading, his transport of several African queen bees from Tanzania was entirely legal. Uh, his goal with those bees was to improve the success of non-tropical bees being used in Brazil's tropical climate. At the time, that was Italian bees and Caucasian bees. They weren't producing as much honey or beeswax from their hives during this time because they weren't suited for the wet tropical climate of the South Americas slash, I think it's entirely Latin America. Um, Africanized bees are, Africanized bees and African bees are incredibly good at flying in poor weather conditions and that's just not something that those bees were able to keep up with. But since their, since their region was located around the equator, it was kind of like unavoidable for them to have such heavy torrents of rain during the off season. <laughs> Dr. Kerr was generally viewed as a failure of science because the newly formed Africanized bee is incredibly aggressive and when threatened will send a large number of bees from the colony to attack, sometimes resulting in the death of unsuspecting humans. But it is important to note that these bees are largely responsible for the increase in Brazil's honey and produce production. As of 2019, the United States and Europe purchase about 90% of Brazil's gold standard honey production. And that really wouldn't have been possible without the introduction of the African ice bee, whose population now reaches trillions across Latin America. These bees branched into the United States in, I think, the mid-90s. And there's a statue erected in Texas that is just one giant killer bee to commemorate this um, movement. But they haven't actually been able to spread past the southwest region of the United States just because branching even like slightly further is just not um, the proper climate year-round for them to be able to habitate. I'm not saying that like the killer bee itself would necessarily be the type of bee that I would want to keep because I would be a beginner beekeeper and <laughs> I already have a fear of stinging things or bees, I guess, in general. But I do think that they become, hold on, one second. But I do think that their genetic dominance, navigation skills, and refined olfactory senses make them intriguing to learn about. Uh, otherwise, their tendency to swarm or likelihood to migrate or relocate in response to stress. And I'd, since I don't have any plans to move to the tropics anytime soon, I don't think that that would be the best bee for me. For now, I think I would purchase either Italian or Caucasian bees because they're gentle, have low swarming rates, and a high honey production slash high beeswax production for Italian and Caucasian bees, respectively. Uh, it makes it seem like they give the most bang for their buck. Of course, I haven't actually seen bee 
hives, I guess, in person, up close and personal. So it could be entirely different than the way I expect it to be. But I think there's a reason why those two subspecies are the most popular. That's all I got. So see ya. <laughs>